Hey guys, welcome to the Simple On Purpose podcast. I am Shauna, your nerdy girlfriend and life coach from simpleonpurpose.ca. I am a mom of three in small town Canada, and the things that matter to me are living simple and living on purpose. That is what I'm passionate about. It all began when I decluttered my home years ago, and just actually like realizing I had permission to get rid of all this stuff, and doing it, doing the hard work, the emotional work of it, brought me face to face with how I was really living my life on autopilot, and I knew I didn't want that in the long term. I didn't want motherhood to be something that just happened at me. I didn't want life to just happen at me and me wonder years down the road what all happened to it. Where did it all go? I want to be intentional with it. And that is what I life coach on in my one-on-one life coaching and the Life on Purpose Academy. It's a monthly group coaching program. So much fun. Totally like a mom community that just makes me feel so honored to be a part of. This month in the Life on Purpose Academy, the topic is enjoying your life on purpose and enjoying food is something that I do often. It hasn't always been like this though. I haven't always enjoyed food. I wanted to bring someone on to talk to us about mindful eating because food is something that we all have a relationship to. It's something that we can enjoy or not enjoy, something we can enjoy in the moment and not enjoy after. Like it's just a very complex relationship we can have with food. For most of my early adult life, like in my 20s, Food was just something I needed. Like I didn't take a lot of enjoyment in it. I didn't plan it out. I didn't think much about it. It was often just like a last minute response to feeling hangry. Like I'm hangry, I need to eat now. It's quick and easy and probably included just cheese melted on things, which I'm still a big fan of. Then I feel like it really swung the opposite direction. A few years into motherhood, I began to understand that food is a reward for some people. I began to understand emotional eating. Food became my treat for the daily hardships of babies and toddlers. And when nap time hit or bedtimes hit, I beelined for the pantry for my sugar trophy. (laughs) It was the first time I realized I was eating in response to emotions rather than in response to feeling hungry. Over the years of motherhood, I've changed my diet. I went gluten and dairy free when I was nursing my second, my daughter. I went on the whole 30 to learn more about my relationship to food. And I'll link to blog posts on both of those in the show notes. And now I am mostly grain and egg free, which seems to help. I went on it because of my Graves disease and autoimmune thyroid condition. But all of this to say, just to kind of harken back to this weird relationship that we have with food, I am still learning about it. And the thing that has helped me learn about my relationship to food the most is paying attention, paying attention to what I eat, why I eat, how it makes me feel when I'm eating it, how it makes me feel after, and then making adjustments as necessary, which is really probably the more difficult part. Paying attention is always the first step to change because you need to understand what needs change. This is all bringing us to the territory of mindful eating, which is a subject I enjoy reading about and putting into practice in my own life. I also want to teach it to my own kids. So I'm doing something I've never done before, something new. I'm doing an interview. Well, I've done interviews for other podcasts, but not for my own show. I asked Jessica Penner from Smart Nutrition to come and teach us about mindful eating. Jessica is a Canadian mom like me. I met her through a Facebook group called A Little Light, and she has a program called I Quit Overeating. And I've watched as my friends who have taken a program have talked about their experience and talked about what they're learning. And from what I hear them saying, I just really appreciate the heart that is in this program. I also just really enjoy the content she shares. She's down to earth, she's practical, she's a mom, she gets it. I just thought she'd be a really great voice on this topic. In this episode, we are talking about food freedom, 
overeating, evening eating, emotional eating, diet mentality, on being scared to be hungry, and so much more. I feel like there's so much insight and encouragement here for really paying attention to our relationship to food and also getting some just good core mindsets that we can share with our kids as well. So make sure to check out the show notes. There will be links to Jessica and I recommend getting on our email newsletter. She always shares like super fun, easy, healthy recipes for you and your family. All right, we're just going to hop right into it. Welcome, Jessica. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Well, thank you so much for having me, Shauna. Yeah, I'm so excited. And I'm mostly excited because I love your recipes. So you're at Smart Nutrition. Mm -hmm. And actually, I found out about you from my friend Ray Tech, like emailed me one of your recipes. I oh, think okay. it was like lentils on toast with oh, yeah. cheese. It was yeah. so easy it's and so simple. it's so simple. And that's what I love. It's like, this is so simple. And I have all these ingredients and mm -hmm. I never thought about putting lentils on toast. Mm -hmm. And then, and now I put it on everything, like pizza, everything. Oh, just, I know. It, it just blends in with everything. Just add a little extra fiber, protein, folate. It does. And you feel so proud of yourself because you're yeah. eating lentils. I feel like I'm a lentil spokesperson here. This is completely not sponsored. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing I really like about your website and what you do is that if there's an issue that's kind of feels controversial, you like unpack it for us. You explain both sides. There's no drama. There's no like trying to convince us one way is better than the other you're just like here's all the facts and I really appreciate that well thank you I'm glad to hear that that's resonating with you yeah I really I guess personally as um, you know human being that's how I like to be spoken to you know when I had my kids I specifically chose midwifery because I really like their informed consent and mm. presenting you know here's the information and then giving you um, the choice to proceed how what works best for you and your family yeah it's so true and like social media has allowed a lot of platforms to voice a lot of opinions on nutrition mm -hmm. and there's just so many it can be overwhelming but let's just start getting unpacking what we're here to talk about today we're going to talk about mindful eating mm -hmm. and before we jump into that let everyone know who you are and what you do Mm -hmm. So I'm a registered dietitian. And for those of you who are unfamiliar with what that means, that means that I study nutrition at the university level and then took an internship. And, you know, I wear a few hats. Like you said, I have recipes on my site. So I kind of have the food blog side of thing. That's where kind of my creative outlet comes out. Um, but also from the you know, dietitian side of things, I... I'm really passionate about helping people uh, regain control and become confident in their eating. Mm. So I feel like, you know, I really want people to live their best lives. And I think a lot of people just find that um, some of their issues with food are really stumbling block for allowing them to, you know, really experience the full joy out of life. Mm. So when you kind of think about your whole mission, why is it so important? Why do you do it? You know, when it, at the end of the day, it really comes down to the stories that people tell me, you know, the stories of transformation. And for example, there's this one woman who took my program and she told me the story before she started about how her husband came home one day and surprised her with something like a slice of cake. And, you know, instead of being excited, she panicked. Mm -hmm. She had been following, 
some sort of points-based system for eating, and she didn't have any points left in the day. At the same time, she didn't want to hurt her husband. She knew that he was just trying to be thoughtful and think of her when he had saw this cake. Yeah. And so she's like, okay, people do this. You know, I'm just, I'm just going to roll with it. I'm going to enjoy the cake. Um, and so she ate it, but she couldn't actually enjoy the experience because she was just so caught up in the worry about how this would mess her up. Mm-hmm. And she told me how that night, instead of going to bed, she went downstairs to the treadmill and just ran with tears streaming down her face because she just felt so trapped in this cycle of, you know, the calories in, calories out, mm-hmm. the points. And she felt trapped between kind of two different goals she wanted. You know, she wanted to, ha- you know, keep her weight at a certain point. She had this, you know, image that she wanted for herself, but she also wanted this freedom where, you know, if her husband brought her cake, she could enjoy Mm -hmm. it. Yeah. And she didn't, she felt like she had to choose between those two. And that was, it was really hard for her, his mental struggle. And she said, you know, in the end, she realized just how much her, her choice of kind of choosing her own physical appearance over maybe, uh, you know, her family's happiness, she was realizing that it was kind of, it was, it was creating a lot of ne- negativity. And she said, you know what, I want to put my family first. And she ended up coming to my program, got a little hesitant, um, but she, she jumped right in wanting the food freedom. And in the end, she was so excited because she's like, oh, the, I didn't have to choose in the end, you know, mm. I found food freedom. And then that allowed me to uh, just trust my body and it and now weighs what it should and I actually didn't gain any weight and you know everyone's story is different but mm. you know just it being being able to help people kind of yeah live their best lives and and food struggles are are really holding people back right so, and like you say that I do <laughs> freedom that's such a beautiful word and you kind of mentioned that you want to help people regain control. And in her experience, it sounds like the food had the control. Exactly. Yeah. So your program focuses on overeating. Give us a rundown. What does overeating look like? Well, yeah, that's a big question because overeating can actually take a lot of different forms. And, um, you know, there's, there's different types and, you know, people might be prone to more than one, I've kind of outlined six different types. To give you a couple examples, you know, there's the classic overeating at one time, which is what I refer to as the Thanksgiving dinner or the all-you-eat-can-eat buffet where, you know, you're definitely like your stomach is stuffed. You're you're wearing stretchy pants. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you're wearing your stretchy pants. But overeating can be a bit more of an insidious beast as well. And Another pattern that I see is one where people are under eating followed by overeating. Mm-hmm. And often this is on a on a daily pattern where, you know, throughout the day people are eating small amounts and you know, they're distracted, you know, they're going about their day. So, you know, every time they eat it's it's kind of taking the edge off the hunger and they're fine, but get to the end of the day and their body's screaming at them, like, you know, mm-hmm. you, we didn't get enough to eat. And then they they find it so hard to stop eating in the evening. 
And there's tons of reasons for that too. Um, but that's another pattern that I, I see. And then also just kind of maybe ne you're never actually, you know, physically, but you don't need the stretchy pants, but sometimes people are just eating frequently throughout the day. And then overall, it kind of adds up to mm -hmm. maybe more than what so that's just a few types. Right. <laughs> I can so relate to the evening eating. <laughs> but how do people maybe manage the drama in their brains about talking themselves out of eating at night? Like if their body's actually hungry and they're like, oh, I shouldn't eat at night. Night snacking is bad or, or I should have more control over this. Like how does that kind of affect them long term? Mm, good question. And, and this is where... It seems very counterintuitive, but when we talk about restrictions, you know, I say, oh, okay, I, sh I shouldn't eat at night too much, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And, you know, logically it sounds like, okay, I'm eating too much. I'll just put a limit on myself and I'll stick to it and everything will be fine. But the brain, the human brain does not like to have restrictions on it. So when you do that, then these powerful psychological forces come in and your brain like wants to rebel. Mm -hmm. What I teach people is actually using the power of permission and allowing yourself to eat when you want to. And it just really diffuses the bomb of binge eating. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's hard to kind of wrap it all up in one sentence right. here, but that's sort of the the crux of it and it's supported by a lot of other elements of eating too throughout the day and different psychology but I know it sounds crazy and when our two people they're like no no I can't just like let myself right but, and I say well is it working what you're doing now yeah <laughs> or are you constantly new. fighting yourself yeah. right? <laughs> so. and I think there's just been so many labels thrown out there around eating and diets. Like mm. it's really, uh, I don't know, maybe even fear-based sometimes how we approach food. Yes. And yes. the big one that, that always comes to mind for me is the term emotional eating. And that's something I never really understood until I became a mom and I experienced for myself mm. emotional eating. Like it was something I could look forward to. I could control. It mm. was a simple pleasure available in my house. And mm. for the first time ever, I was like, oh, I get it now. The whole mental conversation you have with food in your mind. Mm -hmm. So with something like emotional eating, does that tie into overeating? Are they related? Yes, they're related, but not always. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so you know, a person can overeat without there being an emotional ideology. And you can also eat emotionally without overeating. Mm -hmm. But for many people, they are closely tied because oftentimes when a person engages in emotional eating, they tend to find that they are not as in control of how much they're eating and mm -hmm. then tend to overeat as a result. Right, right. Yeah. So, you know, like you said, for example, you're looking forward to maybe the evening when the kids are in bed and you're mm -hmm. like, okay, I'm going to relax and enjoy this food. And it's kind of a bit of a you know, emotional soothing. It's soothing. It's comforting, right. right? And that's totally fine. You know, we eat for comfort for a lot of reasons. You know, mm -hmm. if you think about chicken noodle soup that maybe your mom made you when you were sick, you know, there's nothing like 
magical in chicken noodle soup that makes you feel better but it's 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 the love it's the love you know and we talk about emotional eating and sometimes it just gets a bad rap you know that term but it's more when emotional eating that you know really ends up in a cycle of a lot of guilt and regret Mm -hmm. afterwards and you know feelings of loss of control and maybe if you're using food um too much as a coping mechanism mm, right? Uh, without other supports as well. So we kind of, in you know, I, I have this, I'm going to just allude to it, you know, an online program <laughs> that I run called I Quit Overeating. Yeah. And, and we really look at some of those root causes and seeing um, what you can do to the supports that you can put into place and how you can still look forward to whatever it is in the evening that you like to eat and without fear that you're going to overdo it and end up feeling, you know, the the guilt and the shame and all that. Yeah. (laughs) And I life coach women and sometimes they come to me with an issue about eating. Like I want to lose weight or I want to be eating healthier. And so often the more work we do, the more we're uncovering that, like you said, this is a way of coping or just kind Mm -hmm. of like tuning things out. And it just eventually becomes this habit. Do you think that there's some something bigger here that this sometimes the way we eat is just a symptom of something bigger that we might not be aware of? Definitely. And, you know, I, I in my program, I call this digging into the why. Mm-hmm. So we do a lot of exploring you know, some of this hard work sometimes yeah, yeah. introspective and and, you know, the way that we deal with problems sometimes is manifested through our behavior and things that we can control and we eat every day and so that's something that Mm -hmm. uh, you know readily accessible and it's so that sometimes is one way that we use to cope and I mean what's going on in the brain you know eating does give us that pleasure so you know Mm -hmm. you get a, a hit of dopamine and that and then it soothes you for a moment but then you know, it doesn't last very long. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you're left with the choice. What am I going to do? Am I going to get to the root of the problem? Or am I just going to do that Band-Aid fix again yeah. and eat and kind of get into that cycle? So um, I don't think people should beat themselves up for doing that because it's it's very common. You know, we, we our, our, our brain is designed to find coping mechanisms and then you know, the next job is to assess whether, you know, this is actually helpful in the long run, or is there something else that we can do instead? Yeah, it's always worth digging into your why. It's not something that we're usually aware of or awake to, right? Mm -hmm. And when we think about food, women have, have a why with food. And most of the time that why is to regulate your food intake so you can control your weight or lose your weight. How do you think that this kind of diet mentality has shifted our relationship with food? Well, you know, like focusing on weight loss with our eating, you know, weight loss diets, they can, it's in short, they, they really suck the joy out of eating. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what I, what I like to tell people is that, you know, what you weigh is outside of your direct control. Mm-hmm. And I know you recently touched on this topic in your podcast, so your mm-hmm. listeners will be familiar with it. And I like what you said, is that when it comes right down to it, the only things you can control are your thoughts and your actions. Mm -hmm. So what you weigh is not a thought, and what you weigh is not an action. Mm -hmm. So sometimes I think 
people are like, oh, okay, you kind of maybe a little need an aha moment. And that's why, you know, I, I don't call my program like a weight loss program because I, I like to target the, the behavior. So what is something that we can control? We can control our thoughts and actions towards food. So we yeah. can, you know, focus our, <laughs> our locus of control on, um, you know, that overeating behavior it's so good it's so good I think that's where the power is because everything comes from our thoughts and like the number on the scale that's the situation and then we can have thoughts about it and those thoughts will inform how we feel and act so really addressing those thoughts is so important in my experience with life coaching Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah when you take you know weight loss out of the equation when you accept that you know this may or may not be something that can change I there's so many factors that go into what a person weighs. So mm-hmm. you know, I tell people, you know, if if your overeating is directly causing you to weigh more, then yes, you know, quitting overeating will likely lead to weight loss. Mm-hmm. Uh, but sometimes that's that's not what's causing a person to weigh more. So if you kind of take weight loss out of the equation, then you can simply focus on restoring a joyful relationship with food. Yeah. And yeah. again, when, you know, I say like digging into your why, you know, I ask people, you know, they say, okay, I want to lose weight. And then we'll say, well, why? And, you know, so you, you're like, oh, well, like, shouldn't I? Everybody wants to lose weight, you right. know? Like, well, what, what will weight loss get you? You think, well, maybe I'll feel more confident or, you know, I'll maybe feel more like worthy to to be in society, and, and so you know, it's really more the emotions or the feelings that people really want. You know, they want that confidence. They mm-hmm. they want that sense of worth. And you think, well, you know, let's skip that middleman of weight loss. Let's focus on that. Yeah, and when you do the work to get food freedom, you become confident because now you are controlling this thing instead of letting it control you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really powerful stuff. So one of the new things that people are talking about often, and we're talking about today, is mindful eating. I think it's also called intuitive eating. Why is this a better option than like dieting? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, first of all, so mindful eating and intuitive eating, uh, they are two different concepts. Okay. So. Uh, mindful eating is more the practice of you know, taking the time to focus on and experience, you know, the act of eating. Uh, in, in my program, I call this creating space. So mm-hmm. we need to clear space both in our minds and, you know, at the table. And when you carve out the space, it allows your body to then tap into your eating instincts. So knowing how hungry you are knowing when you're satisfied and it's time to stop eating and also knowing what types of food your body needs in that moment. Mm. And then intuitive eating is actually a framework developed by two dietitians, Evelyn, um, what can I say? I don't know. I've never (laughs) said it out loud. Uh, Evan Triboli, I think, or Tribal, (laughs) and Elise Resch. So, it, they do embrace mindful eating. Well, they, they do go a bit further to specifically reject, reject like the weight loss diet mentality and addressing emotional eating and talking about joyful movement, those sorts of things as well. So it's kind of like a wider framework that encompasses. Oh, okay. Like, yeah. And how is this better than <laughs> like, I can't eat sugar. I can't eat 
high calories, I can't eat high fat, those Mm -hmm. kinds of restrictions we might put on ourselves. Right. So, you know, like I mentioned before, you know, restrictions seem logical on the outside. And as a side note, all weight loss diets are based on some sort of restriction. So mm-hmm. if you want, you can quiz me and I'll tell you where the restriction is. <laughs> but, you know, the, again, the, the logic goes something like this. You know, I'm, I'm eating too many chips, so I should just give myself a limit and I'll stick to it and all will be fine. But, you know, the brain doesn't work that way. It doesn't like to be restricted. Mm-hmm. So I have a tagline for my program and it's eat less, enjoy food more. But I really should have called it enjoy food more eat less like reverse those two mm. things because that's the real order that we work on things but you know it doesn't sound as catchy so. <laughs> <laughs> so instead of you know with weight loss diets you know you start with the restriction and then hope that you're going to be satisfied with that amount with mindful eating intuitive eating you know we work backwards so we focus on satisfaction first And as a consequence, people tend to find that they eat less. Okay. Because you're actually paying attention now. Mm -hmm. You're experiencing the joy of food. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Something I tell my kids often when they're like sitting down to eat a treat, I put on the table, I turn around and it's like gone and their mouths are like chipmunk (laughs) cheeks. (laughs) And I'm like, did you even enjoy that? (laughs) Yeah, I know. It's funny. We have two children and these are practices that I'm trying to instill with them long term. And, and then sometimes I'll, I'll turn over, I'll look over and see uh, my six-year-old and he's got his eyes closed. And, oh. <laughs> and he's like, I'm enjoying this. Just savoring it. <laughs> yeah, he's just savoring it. And the, the two-year-old, you know, he hasn't absorbed that yet. He's, he's just demolished. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever you can slap into his face, yeah. <laughs> there is kind of this culture that we maybe have all been raised with that you finish what's on your plate. Mm-hmm. And it's something that I'm noticing with my kids. You you have that instinct to, to do what you've been raised to do and say, like, everything on your plate, you got to eat it. But now I'm starting to say, like, listen to your body. Are you full? Mm-hmm. You can stop when you're full. You don't have to finish it. And it's hard for me to do for myself, too. I'll have some bites left on my plate. And I'll be like, well, why don't I just finish it? <laughs> yeah, I know. Like these, some of these habits, they're ingrained in us. So like it takes takes some time to un- undo it. But, yeah. you know, like I say to people is, you know, what we don't want is to waste the food, right? Right. So is it wasting it less to put it in your body? Mm-hmm. Or is it just extra food? It's extra food. And so if your body doesn't need it, then it's wasted there. Mm, Yeah. Same thing as putting in the garbage. And I think sometimes when you actually, you know, we start to maybe throw those couple bites into the garbage, then Mm. you're like, oh, I don't like doing that. And so, you know, the next time you're helping yourself onto your plate, you're like, okay, maybe I'll start with a little less. I mean, I can always add more. Yeah. And so I think like in the end, you kind of end up wasting less food because you're a bit more mindful of how much you're, putting on your plate when you actually throw out what you don't yeah, you're paying attention so mindful eating it it's like I, I pay attention to when I need to eat and kind of what I need to eat and then I stop when I feel full like I'm satisfied it's really going inward and listening to yourself mm-hmm. that might be really hard for some people to start doing that especially if they're like but what if my body tells me I just want to eat like pizza 
all day. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And that's, that's always the big fear, right? Mm-hmm. And initially, so there's kind of different, you know, phases that people go through. And, you know, if you've been restricted from a food for a while, then sometimes when you start in the food freedom, then you might eat like a lot of pizza. (laughs) And I sort of think about it like, let's say there's, you're a teen and you had like really, really strict parents, you know, they wouldn't let you go out, Mm -hmm. you had to be home at like eight o'clock every night and you, your friends were really limited, all sorts of things. And then you go off to university and you're on your own for the first time, right? Yeah. Like, I don't know. I think like most kids are probably going like, to stay up really late. You know, like yeah. there's, there's sort of this like sometimes you need to rebound, you know, but we don't want to stay there. We want to like keep keep digging and saying, mm-hmm. okay, what what do I really need right now? So sometimes there's a little bit of like, you know, loose living. Yeah. <laughs> But, you know, we say, like, keep digging, like, keep asking yourself, what, like, what does my body need right Mm. now? And, you know, if you keep focusing on that as your goal, then you're likely not going to always eat pizza. And that's just so gracious, you know, like, we could look at mindful eating and think, I have to nail it. I have to be perfect at it. And then we're just changing the whole motivation behind it, right? And then shame comes in. But Mm -hmm. if if this is the process of learning to listen to yourself, Mm -hmm. that is just so much more gentle and gracious and maybe long-term more beneficial. Yes, definitely. You need to kind of go through some of these learning experiences. And that's what I try to always coach people with instead of... um, you know, adding more emotion to an experience, like maybe you, you know, you overate and you're kicking yourself in mm-hmm. the pants for that and say, okay, let's just remove all that. Like, there's no guilt. There's no shame. Like, what can you learn from this? Yeah. Yeah. And just what when are you, you remove all the, the emotional baggage part of it, then you can just look at things more object- objectively and mm-hmm. be and and move forward and one thing I say is every day every meal is a chance for a fresh start you know you just just keep looking forward and yeah and that all or nothing thinking can really sabotage the progress you would make there another Mm -hmm. thing that I think sabotages people because I'm experiencing this too sometimes is being afraid to be hungry like I just better Mm -hmm. eat everything that's available to me right now so I'm not hungry later like do we as a culture just have this inability to experience hunger? I I think so. And I see this a lot actually with with parents of young children. You know, mm-hmm. they always yeah. have the, the Cheerios ready to dole out at any time that a child might be hungry. And so uh, you know sometimes these we if if that was maybe your experience as a child too, you've kind of just been conditioned that you know it's slight bit of hunger we eat yeah and it's actually good to like build up an appetite and and allow yourself to to go in between meals and without the without the sense of like I'm trying to starve myself like I'm not not right not the goal either but okay so scientifically uh, speaking it's good to experience hunger in a way 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's there's a lot of different like hormonal kind of waves. If you think about like the the waves in the ocean, the tide goes in and out. So there's different kind of like pulls and pushes that happen in our body when we when we eat, and then we allow ourselves to not eat for a while, and then the hunger builds, and then we eat again. So there's actually a lot of yeah hormonal shifts that are going on yeah. that are important. Yeah, and probably were happening for generations before us, but now food is just so available and it's cheap and sometimes easy. Sometimes you have to work hard for it. (laughs) But we all have kind of, like you're saying, food stories that we're living Mm -hmm. out and often transferring it down to our children. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah. unintentionally. Sometimes, you know, in the program, then people are like, oh, what am I doing with my kids? Mm -hmm. And then they start feeling guilty. I'm like, no, 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 it's not. Yeah. Well, you, you can work on that, but, you know, it's all just a learning experience. Yeah, it really is just listening to yourself. Are there any other, like, big mindset shifts you think are required to embrace mindful eating? You know, I think the biggest one for people is just the the idea of being able to trust themselves. I think that's a huge hurdle. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, I'm going to say 99% of the people in the world, you know, they can actually follow their eating instincts and then it'll be right for them. But we've just been so conditioned with diet culture that, you know, you, you need to eat X calories, you need to do this and you need to keep it to this. And, you know, your body's not worthy of trust, but yeah. You know, if you think about peeing like, <laughs> yeah. as a comparison, like that's a body function that we, we, we trust our bodies to tell us when we need to go yeah. and how often. Like imagine if you just like put yourself on a pee schedule and you're like, okay, I can only, <laughs> <laughs> I can only do like pee this many times a day and uh, not at this time Mm -hmm. and I'm going to measure how much I pee because I can't I'm going to stop if it's more than my cup or whatever yeah you know know, if you when you kind of put it like that like it sounds ridiculous for peeing you know if you can trust your body to know when to pee why can't you trust it to know when to eat Mm -hmm. so (laughs) as a dietitian and considering everything you know about healthy nutrition and food freedom. How has mindful eating changed your views on nutrition? Yeah, you know, I wouldn't say that mindful eating has necessarily changed my views on nutrition directly, because nutrition is essentially that science of looking at what nutrients the human body needs to survive and thrive. But mindful eating has really opened my eyes to reality that eating is so much more than simply refueling our bodies with you know, calories, protein, vitamins, etc. Mm-hmm. Eating is really an act that encompasses you know, our mind, our soul, our memories, our emotions. And what mindful eating does is to give you know a more holistic view of nutrition. You know, we can look at all exactly what our bodies needs, but when you just focus on it too much of the the number crunching, it, it doesn't really allow for the human experience mm-hmm. and that human experience can really be seem far away with the way that we're approaching food right now mm-hmm. yeah well, that's really great 
So to wrap up, I really appreciate everything that you've taught us here, everything you've talked about, because as I have become a mom and started to pay attention to my own food stories, how I was raised, how I am handling it, the things I tell myself, like the mental chatter I have around food and mm-hmm. night snacking, all the things. It's <laughs> it's this daily experience that lasts all day. Like you wake up and you're like, what am I going to have for breakfast? Like it just starts the minute you wake up until you go to sleep. Food is in the back of your brain. And, you know, maybe we're a culture that has a bit of an obsession with food, but maybe it's not in the most healthy and beneficial ways. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, I mean, thoughts of food are inevitable, right? Like, we do need to eat, but thoughts of food really only should require a certain slice of the mental pie in your day. And, you know, I think back to before, you know, I, I adopted all these, you know, all everything that I've talked about, you know, I learned that through um, my training to become a dietitian. And I look back to, you know, my university days when I was just starting out and just how much mental energy I spent on worrying about food and how much I was eating and then how much I was going to exercise, you know, as a result of it. And now that I have, you know, kids, a house, a husband, a business to run, like I just, I couldn't do it all. Yeah. (laughs) I could not do the amount of mental energy I use then now, I definitely need that for other things. Right. (laughs) That's really beautiful. That's freeing too, right? Mm -hmm. So when you consider how food is just this daily part of our lives, we need it. We're always thinking about it. We are designed like God created us to be this way. What do you think that kind of tells you about the way that God has designed us to rely on sustenance every day? Oh, that's a good question to rely on, you know, how we daily need to fuel ourselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, you know, you know, thinking back to, you know, prior uh, generations when, you know, food was more scarce. So I think, and you know, that's certainly a reality for a lot of people in today's world as well. I don't want to um, ignore that fact. Uh, You know, and so needing to rely on God every day, you know, there's the verse in the Bible that says, you know, don't worry about what you will eat or Mm -hmm. what you will wear because, you know, God's going to provide for you. And now that, you know, a lot of us in Western society, we're kind of on the other side, like we have this overabundance of food and we still need to rely on God, but kind of for the reverse, like how do we live in this overabundance? Mm -hmm. And again, it's, it's trusting that God made our bodies and they are good bodies and they, they know what they're doing. Mm -hmm. And so it still comes down to trust, whether you're in um, a situation of um, scarcity or overabundance, it's, it's trusting that, you know, God's going to provide and that in the overabundance, he's provided you with the skills that you, that are living inside of you. Mm, Yeah. Getting back to trusting yourself with how (laughs) you're handling it. Yeah. His design. (laughs) Yeah. His design is good and we can trust it. So what's a great first step that a woman here who's listening and is like, you know what? I want to learn more about my food story. I want to dig into my why. I want food freedom. I know you have so many great freebies on your website because I sign up for them. I'm on on your email newsletter. What's just a great simple first step that someone could take to get started? Yeah, well, the first step I would say is 
to take my quiz. So I have uh, what's called the healthy eating puzzle, and I've broken down basically all the components of healthy eating into five different puzzle pieces. So, you know, I've talked about the eating instincts. Um, there's also the healthy mindsets, different rhythms and routines that we need in our lives. Um, I'm sorry, I'm drawing a blank on the other two right now. <laughs> so these different areas that all come together um, to make up one healthy puzzle. And so you can take this quiz to see which area maybe you're lacking in and maybe you want to work on um, to kind of fill in your puzzle piece. I'm going to go take that because you've had a lot of really fun quizzes on your site over the years that I've taken. <laughs> they're like the grown woman's kind of Cosmo. Like they're fun, but they're also informative. And- yeah. <laughs> I really appreciate them. I, I make quizzes because I like taking them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's great. And and you've mentioned the I Quit Overeating program. And I've seen women that kind of are in my circle and as well as your circle who have taken it alongside you and or taken it from you. And I've been watching what they're sharing about how it's changing their relationship to food. And I think that's that's the core, right? It's this relationship we have with food, paying attention to it. And like you said, it's holistic. There's all these components that go into it. It's something that we need support on. It's not something that we can always do alone. We need someone to kind of step in and help us see what's happening for ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think oftentimes, you know, in my program, it's almost, oh, this is what's happening. And then I kind of just reflect it back to them. And then, then they have their own aha moment. Like mm-hmm. sometimes you just, you know, need to voice something out and then, you kind of have the answer reflected back to you but yeah yeah Yeah, there's a lot of power in that and it just gets things jump-started I feel like Mm -hmm. or gets people unstuck in the things Mm -hmm. that they don't know they're stuck in yes Mm -hmm. yes yeah well thank you so much for coming on and I appreciate having another Canadian mom on the podcast here (laughs) for I don't think we covered that you are in Canada and you are a mom and I think that's kind of how I met you like officially met you through a little light, which is the Canadian Christian women's social media group that we had going for a while. Mm-hmm. I think I really got to connect to you through there. So that's a, just a fun fact about how we know each other. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> That's the beauty of social media and the internet. Mm, it's bringing people together. Well, you're my first guest and maybe my only guest because I just wanted all of the information on this. And I thought, who can I go to? I'm going to <laughs> Jessica. <laughs> I really appreciate you coming on. Okay, well, thank you so much for having me, Shauna. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed that interview. Make sure you go check out Jessica. The links are in the show notes. And as always, I appreciate you being here. If you want to message me, share your show ideas, share your takeaways. I love hearing them, guys. You can post them on Instagram and take me there, or you can message me on Instagram. I am on Instagram at simpleonpurpose.ca. Have a great week.